we take a look at Chris Paul's first annual Boost Mobile HBCU Challenge. The Bayou Classic comes down to the last second on the field goal, and Bowie State's football team makes history by making it to their first ever quarterfinals in the playoffs. Oh yeah, this Locked On HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked On HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On HBCU Podcast. I am your host, Darian the Mouth of the South Gray, and you are tuned in to the number one daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU Athletics Monday through Friday, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day, and today's episode is brought to you by Sonos. Sonos is the official sponsor of ESPN College Football. Go to Sonos.com to learn more. And we're kicking off talking about CP3, that's Chris Paul's first annual, the inaugural HBCU Challenge sponsored by Boost Mobile. And the teams involved are Grambling, representing the SWAC, Norfolk State, and Morgan State, representing the MEAC, and you have Hampton, representing the Big South. So you have four HBCUs representing three different conferences and this is a big deal because he wanted to set the record straight so there's not a single hbcu in the west and he's in phoenix so he wanted to clear up the schedule or excuse me clear up the message that he's trying to create here and the message is that if you're on the west coast an hbcu is still an option so some people might have thought this was just out the goodness of his heart which it is or they just wanted to put some people on TV. And these things are true. But when you're talking about the location, you may have thought that, well, it's just in Phoenix because that's where he plays. I think it helps that he plays for the Suns right now. But in order to not have any more confusion, he just decided to say it. There's not any HBCUs out here. It's not as much interest from the kids who are on the West. So let's go ahead and drum up some interest by bringing some of these teams out there. So those are the four teams that he brought. And... It was labeled a tournament, but I think challenge is really the best way to say it. But if you look at certain publications, they'll say it was a tournament. I don't really consider it that because it's more so an exhibition or a showcase more so than anything else. It's four teams facing off, but the matchups the matchups were already predestined. So you already know who was going to play for both days. It wasn't a situation where you have two teams play each other on day one and then the winners and the losers play each other on day two. So it's not a round one of action and round two of action. It's a day one and day two of action. So you had Norfolk and, and Hampton facing off on day one and Morgan State and Grambling facing off. Then you had Norfolk State and Grambling facing off on day two and Morgan State and Hampton face, facing off on day two. Now, we just so got lucky because say Hampton would have beat Norfolk and Morgan State would have lost to Grambling. So now you have a winner going against loser. But luckily, we did not have to get into that. Grambling knocked off Morgan State, and, and Norfolk State knocked off Hampton. So on day two, we got to see Norfolk versus Grambling, and that was really like the the crown, the crowning moment, if you want to say. I mean, it's not a tournament, not really the champ, but in my opinion, 
Norfolk State came down as the champions of the inaugural HBCU Challenge. And I want to say I greatly appreciate CP3 for putting this on there. Former New Orleans Hornet. You know, that was, that was my guy back in the day when I was really young and turning and really getting into, into basketball originally. That was my guy, him and D-Wade. So I appreciate him coming on there and spreading a good message and trying to do a good deed as far as spreading the word of HBCUs over to California, Arizona, Nevada, all of those areas because I know people from California and Texas Southern was the closest HBCU to them and a lot of them just so happened to stumble across this. So let's get into the game though. Let's get into the actual game and not just the message, which is great. But there was a couple of players that I was looking out for and that was Joe Bryant and, and Chris Bankston on Norfolk. And then also I was looking for AJ Taylor and Prince Moss and Cameron Christian and Danya Kingsley. Those were the people I was looking for on Grambling. But this game was, it wasn't what I expected because you look at Cameron Christian and you look at Joe Bryant, both were scoreless in the first half. That's just not what you expect to see. These are the guys on those teams. These are the two high scorers that you expect to put up some points. And yes, they eventually got some points on the board, but when you go scoreless in the first half, unless you go absolutely takeover mode, it's going to be difficult to really put up too many points. And neither one of the guys did. The difference is for Norfolk, Chris Bankston, who was their second stud, really showed up. He had 20 points, nine rebounds. He was an absolute force in the middle. And we see that come up really later because early in the game, it didn't matter where you played. It didn't matter if you shot from three points, shot from mid-range, had to lay up, tried to dunk it. It did not matter because both teams started two for ten. They warmed up, but both teams started two for ten in the back half of the first half. So in the last ten minutes of the first half, that's when they really got some points on the board because Norfolk went 11 for 18, Grambling went 7 for 16. Neither one of these teams really was hitting from, the, from behind the arc. Grambling started off 0 for 7, and then they knocked down three of their next four, three of the next five to close out the half. But I think that little bit of, of a run really tricked them into doing something that they haven't normally done. They shot really good from three-point three point percentage as the year has been going on, and they shot more against Hampton than they usually had. However, or excuse me, against Morgan State than they usually had. But the coach said that the reason they, they make so many threes is because they take good looks. And this wasn't good looks, not today. A lot of these threes were rushed. And I wrote in my notes many times, too many threes by Grambling. Too many threes by Grambling. I wrote that at least three to five times in my notes throughout the game because it felt like they were settling. However, I do want to give credit to the Spartans whose length and size I believe contributed to this. I believe they wanted to get into the paint because they had a lot of free throws early in the game, but that started wearing off and they really stopped calling as many as many uh fouls as time went on in the game as well. But that length that Norfolk possessed, it forced them into the perimeter. And therein lies the true difference maker and true decider in the game to me. The ability to work within the trenches because I guess I'll say the paint, so there's no confusion between the big uglies in football and what I'm saying right now. But really, I just mean where it's not pretty at, and that's within the paint. That's the trenches to me. Where it ain't pretty, that's the trenches. Um, but on, on both sides of the ball, because Norfolk was able to win the battle in the paint defensively by forcing Grambling into throwing up a bunch of threes, and they, they ended up 5 for 30 
five free or excuse me five five made three pointers on 30 attempts so that's only a sixth of your attempts being made you know they came into the game making six per game but today was just bad looks man so the coach couldn't even say that they were making such a high percentage because of the amount of good looks they were taking a lot of these weren't good man but norfolk like i said you got to give them credit and the same can be said for they're working the paint on the offensive side of things because Bryant Jr. was not playing his best game today. Joe Bryant Jr. did not play at his highest potential. However, when your star player doesn't play phenomenal, that's when you need another guy to step up, and boy, did Chris Bankston step up. There's a reason that multiple times Chris Paul and the broadcasting crew both said, this is a guy who is a true NBA prospect. I think Monica McNutt, McNutt opened up the broadcast saying the only person who doesn't know he's a prospect is him. And as soon as he realizes it, he's going to be in store for a lot of success. So we saw the reasons that they said these things. Both defensively, offensively, he had a great move with his back to the basket on the right block, turn around, have a hook with his right hand. It was truthfully an impressive showing, had a oop that was impressive, one of the highlight plays. Everything that he was doing showed, oh, this is one of those guys. 20 for 9, this is one of those guys. And then lastly, to hammer home the point of the domination on the on the um, inside the trenches, I should say, there was an advantage rebounding that was not shown through the stat sheet. It ends with Norfolk only having a three-rebound edge. However, the eye test in watching the flow of the game does not say it was simply a three-rebound edge. It tells me that they dominated the boards offensively and defensively, getting second-chance buckets while also limiting the second-chance buckets of Grambling. It showed me that if they wanted it, whether that was scoring in the paint, denying you in the paint, or getting the boards, they got it. And that was the true difference within the game. Now we're going to take a look at what Grambling was able to do on the football side of things against Southern. And this is it. The putt to win the tournament. You sink it. The championship's yours, but on your backswing, your hat falls over your head. And is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle, the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your finances, inventory, HR planning, budgeting, and more, all in one place, why wouldn't you choose NetSuite? You can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying ahead of the competition. And everybody who you ask about it will tell you that they increased their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at NetSuite.com slash LockedOnNCAA. Head to NetSuite.com slash LockedOnNCAA for a special end-of-the-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. I tell you again, that is NetSuite.com slash LockedOnNCAA. All right, college football fanatics, have you heard of Prize Picks? Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy, and I love it, and I know you will too. So take my advice. Prize Picks is the leader in college sports daily fantasy, offering more props than anyone in the world on star players from the Power Five, some mid-major guys, people you've never even heard of. Prize Picks offers props that go from yardage, touchdown, even interceptions thrown. 
I like getting you guys some free money. So listen, use the promo code locked on for an instant 100% deposit match on anything up to $100. You pick two to five players, get you an over, under, doesn't matter, and you can get 10 times your entry. It's just you versus the projected numbers. You can do multi-sport things. So maybe you want to say, I have the over on interceptions by Patrick Mahomes this week, but I'm going to take the under on LeBron's points. You can do that on the same entry. Use the award-winning app both on the App Store or Google Play, so there's no excuse no matter what kind of phone you got or how much time you have because it can be done in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. PrizePix is safe and offers fast withdrawals. So don't hesitate. Check out prizepick.com or go to the App Store and download it and use the promo code Locked On. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. Welcome back to Locked On HBCU. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. And we just talked about Grambling and their unfortunate loss in what I, I know it's not official, but what I believe was the championship game of Chris Paul's number one, or excuse me, first ever Boost Mobile HBCU Challenge. And now we're going to talk some good for you. So, Graham fam, stand up. We're talking about your victory in the Bayou Classic that came down to a last-second field goal by Garrett Urban. And once he made that field goal, and it was clear that Grambling was going to win, it was absolutely no doubt who was going to be that MVP. Look. Elijah Walker had 168 yards on the ground and a touchdown from the quarterback position. And he threw a touchdown pass as well. He had a phenomenal day and greatly contributed to the win. I'm sorry, it wasn't going to be him. That's nice. And like I said, it helped out. But there was only one man that was going to lift up that MVP trophy. And that man was the man I just told you about kicking the field goal, Garrett Urban. And it's not just because he was knocking down the game winner. It's not just that, though... The game winner did take forever. The game winner was delayed over and over and actually resulted in Southern taking more timeouts than they actually had, but the refs didn't catch that. They only had two timeouts left. They took three. So Urban had to sit there and stand there and, do, 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 you know, fiddle with his thumbs and whatnot for three timeouts. But did he ever let the pressure get to him? No, he didn't. He knocked down the 25-yard field goal, didn't let the pressure get too much and push it wide right or push it wide left. He knocked it down, and that was the fifth. Count them with me. One, two, three, four, fifth. For all my Chappelle Show fans out there, one, two, three, four, fifth. That's how many field goals that he knocked down. He knocked down one from 39, one from 36, two from 27, and also one from 25. So, Grambling was impressive. They played well, but their kicker was their leading scorer. And I had to put that first part out there because I don't want it to sound like a slight. I don't want to say, man, your kicker was your leading scorer, so that means your offense wasn't doing that good. No. Note the distance on all of those field goals, 39, 36, 27 twice, and 25. None of those field goals are truthfully long field goals. That doesn't take away from the kicker. That tells you that, the Grambling offense was moving. They were they might not have pushed it into the end zone more than twice. However, they consistently got down there on two touchdown drives and now five field goal drives. They were able to get down there, put their team in position to score points, and none were truthfully 
long field goals where you're like, I don't know if he'll have the leg for this. All of them were under 40 yards. So when I look at Grambling, they came in, performed well offensively. And, you know, that was something that was not expected. When I looked at Coach Graves, he was coaching in his first game because he's an interim coach. I said, you got to rally the troops. That's what I'm looking for you to do. You have to rally your troops because your offense has not been great. Your defense has been middle of the pack. I said it last week, and I'm giving statistics. I'm giving actual numbers. So um, that's not something I can really fight. They were dead last in a swag, both rushing and passing. But their rushing attack came alive. It absolutely came alive. And really their whole offense did because they had 500 yards of offense in the Bayou Classic. 374 of those yards came on the ground. And they had two 100-yard rushers, I mean, excuse me, two 100-yard rushers in C.J. Russell and Elijah Walker. So your quarterback had 168 yards and your running back topped over 100 as well. And that still leaves over 100 yards or about 100 yards left for the rest of the team to total up. So they were able to really run the ball on Southern all day. Whatever they wanted, they had it. That led to 34 and a half minutes of time of possession. And that's something that they were looking for. You know, Coach Gray said they had a good a good game plan. They came in and they executed. And that's exactly what it looks like. You run the ball for 374 yards. You have 500 yards total. And you possess the ball for 34 and a half minutes. More than likely, you're going to win that game. That's just, I mean, I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to tell you the truth, man. Likelihood is not even going to be that close. You know, luckily, Southern's defense was able to clamp down at times and force five field goals. So kudos to them for bending it but not breaking it on multiple occasions. But, nah, that game deserved to go to Grambling because you played the way that they played offensively, especially when you look at how they performed in past games. When you're looking at what you need to do, and I said Grambling needs to rally the troops, especially uh, Coach Graves. That is exactly what you did. You check. You get a huge check. You get an A+. Plus. You know, the big A+, plus and the red ink with the circle around it. You get that because you achieved your mission. Flawless victory. That's really what happened. You, you rallied your team because that type of performance was not happening before this game. And I don't want to slight Southern at all because Ladarius Skelton was balling. And there was multiple times when he would make plays in the backfield. It's like, man, how did he get away from that defender? How did he is hooping? Yeah, I'm from Texas. We don't say hooping just to mean balling on the court. We say hooping in any sport. That man can knock a, a grand slam. And I'm going to tell you, he was hooping, okay? Um, Ladarius Skelton was going crazy. And the Classic has always brought the best out of him. This game was no different. Unfortunately, it just wasn't his day. Today just was not the day. For Southern to pull it off, they had one, two in a row. Um, I'm not like I said, y'all. I really discount the 2020 season. It was just weird, you know. Like, it was just weird. But today, Grambling has Southern's number for the first time in four years, and we'll see if it stays this way. And speaking of numbers, let's talk about Boost Mobile. I know I'm not Chris Paul, but I can tell you a little bit about Boost Mobile too, if you don't mind. You listen to podcasts for the power of knowledge. You switch over to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money. Because with Boost, you get the power of a free 5G phone so you can listen to all the latest episodes of your favorite podcast 
locked on HBCU. You ain't got to tell me. I know it. But if you want to, you can. Um, the power of three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month per line. So your family can harness all of that brain power and the power of one of the largest 5G networks in America. So you can do it all at the speed of 5G. With all that money you'll save and all that knowledge you'll gain, just how powerful will you become? Enough to donate to the mouth of the South? I don't know, maybe. Switch Boost Mobile and find out. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save, Boost Mobile. Quick disclaimer, free phone is limited to new customers in one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers covers not available everywhere or for all phones and networks. See BoostMobile.com for details. I'm back at it again with Built Bar. In this holiday season, grab you a protein bar that tastes just like some of these candy bars and even better than some of them. Built Bar filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor and covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, but always high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. So many flavors. You'll have a hard time choosing. Do I want to get the raspberry? Do I want to get the mint brownie, the cherry, the double chocolate, cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie? If I was you, I'd just get them all. Built Bar gives you that extra fuel you need to bust down those mall doors and battle all the holiday shoppers because you know it'd be crazy. We just passed up on Black Friday or maybe you're just standing there in shopping lines and you just want to get you a little snack. I don't know. Either way, it's good for both of them. So many people want to fight about what their favorite flavor is. I wouldn't even bring it up. I would just tell Santa to put some into my stocking. And here, when he gives them to you, dip a little bit into a hot cup of hot chocolate. It'll melt a little bit, give the beverage some flavor. It'll be delicious. If you like those marshmallowy treats around the holidays, get a Built Bar Puff. Light, fluffy, marshmallowy through and through. Different flavors all covered in chocolate, and you won't believe it has protein. Go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your offer. That's Built.com. LOCKED15 is the code for 15% off your offer. we're closing on out this episode of locked on hbcu we're going to talk about history in the making because yes history has been made with Bowie state football however i don't want to make things unclear i don't want to obfuscate anything and that was the word of the day i was worried if i was going to be able to get this one in here but i finally got in on the last segment but i don't want to make anything kind of eh, what is he really trying to say what i'm trying to tell you is that history has been made Bowie State football has made it to their first ever quarterfinals in the FC, or excuse me, in the Division II playoffs. However, history is not made in the sense that it's over. There's still ways to go. They have not gotten knocked off yet, and we will see if they will get knocked off because they have another matchup this week. But let's talk about Bowie State and what they do so well and what gives them a great chance to go on to even the next round and even make it to the finals. We're going to talk about these Bowie State Bulldogs whose fantastic season ain't done. It might have looked like the run was going to come to an end. But with the with the game in the balance, the Bowie State quarterback throws a game-winning touchdown with just a minute and a half left. And just like any other great BET movie, I got to start with the end. So now let's rewind and see how we got here. I know you're wondering. This was a defensive matchup. And Bowie is no stranger to defense. They've held nine of their opponents this year to 10 or less points. That is phenomenal. 
that is a defensive juggernaut, if we're being honest. You play 13 games right now, and nine of these opponents have only gotten a 10. That's the highest they've gotten. Man, this is a, a fantastic run that they've been on. So they're no strangers to the defense. And going against Newberry, both defenses were stout, kept each other scoreless through the first half. So Newberry has a 1,000-yard rusher. And he got loose. I'm not going to lie to you. He got loose. Three carries, 50 yards on his first three carries. He ended the day with 19 carries for 79 yards. Let me tell you that again. He started off the game with three carries for 50 yards. That's 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 about a 16-yard average. He ended off with 19 carries for 79 yards. So you take out those first three carries and you take out those 50 yards, he had 16 carries for 29 yards. That's not even two yards per carry. That is a fantastic job shutting down that offense because the Newberry offense as a whole only had 214 yards. The only time the defense even allowed a touchdown to be scored against them in this game was after a backup quarterback, the backup quarterback, excuse me, put Newberry on the 17-yard line with a fumble. That was after Jerome Johnson, the starting quarterback, had an ankle injury because he got wrapped up at the, at the bottom of a pile, ankle built a, bent away that it really wasn't supposed to bend, but he's a soldier. He came back into the game and really had two clutch drives towards the end of the game. And the first one was on a third and 22. He had a touchdown pass that was absolutely fantastic, rolling out to his right on the run. He didn't really even set his feet too much, still moving through a strike. I mean, this pass, I watched it. I had to rewind about two or three times because I'm like, man, he really put it on the money, right over the extending hand of a defender. And Kashane Hinckley caught that pass and, and ran the rest of the way because it was a fantastic pass, but it probably wouldn't have been a 68-yard touchdown pass had Hinckley not been able to evade two defenders. He stopped on a dime once on, on the sideline, juked another guy, and took it all the way home. And that connection was one that we're going to see later on because as time went on, Newberry was able to add a field goal. So now it's coming down to it. A minute and 30 left. You're going to have to be clutch. And let me tell you what Jerome Johnson was doing before the game on Saturday. On Friday and Thursday, he was in the emergency room with his newborn daughter. Wasn't even really able to practice. To be able to switch from that mindset into then being able to throw the game-winning touchdown to the same man he threw the first touchdown to. This time it was only 10 yards. You have to applaud that because it's that mental toughness that you talk about. It's these type of things that we talk about after the game. Yeah, Jerome Johnson had two touchdowns in the second half and led, each other, and led uh, the Bowie State Bulldogs to their 12th consecutive victory. However, do you know what he was doing before that? This is right after he was in the, in the emergency room. He wasn't even able to be at practice all week. These are these are the type of stories that they live on on campus. You know, that's the type of narratives that you continue to talk about on campus. So when looking at this game, we're talking about let's let's keep it with the BET reference, right? When you're doing a BET reference and they bring you back to where they started, that ain't never the end of it. You got to have a little bit of extra. So even after that touchdown, you had a minute and a half. You know, I'm not saying this is a he scored too quickly type of deal, but there was a chance for Newberry to, to drive down and score. That Bowie State Bulldog defense wasn't, wasn't playing that. They played just like the mascot, like a bulldog. And three plays into that drive, that vaunted defense forced a fumble. So 
we see the strength of this team is clearly the defense and they, their ability to lock basically everybody that they play down. And they've had two home games in the playoffs so far. But they've locked down pretty much all their opponents. But their offense ain't afraid to score, too. They had a shootout where the defense slipped up and allowed 41 points. They dropped 50 on the opponents. What I told y'all about champions, they win how they need to win. And when they need to win a different way than they're used to, they can do that as well. And this team right here is a team that I don't believe the moment will be too big for at any point. They're bolstered with veteran leadership, have 24 seniors on the team, 11 grad students. That's 35 players who are, I guess, elders, so to speak, in a very respectful way. This team has won three straight CIAA championships. These are the type of players and the type of situations that have built this team. So they're not going to be afraid. They've been in big moments three years in a row. They've won their conference three years in a row. Only the fifth team to, fifth team to ever three-peat in that conference. History, ever. And now you're looking at a team that's on a 12-game win streak after losing the first game to Delaware State. They haven't lost anybody. They, they knocked off Lenore Rhyme in the first round. Now they've knocked off Newberry College in the second round. And it brings them face-to-face -face on their first road playoff game against Valdosta State. We'll see what they can do. But defense is travel. So I don't expect it to be any different. I cannot wait to see how this matchup turns out. And on the next episode, we're going to start looking towards the SWAC championship. We're going to start looking at what makes up these teams, what makes up Prairie View and Jackson State. We're going to be highlighting one of those teams on Wednesday, another team on Thursday, and we're going to go head-to-head -head on Friday. So that's just a little something that you can look towards as far as content for the rest of the week. But thank you for making Locked On HBCU your first listen of the day. For your second listen of the day, Check out Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. And in the meantime, in between time, if you want to catch up with me, you can go on Twitter. Follow me at South Exclusives. I'm going to be giving you guys all the news that I'm seeing about HBCU, your favorite colleges. Check us out, man. Until the next time, take care, bless, and I hope to hear from you soon, family.